This is Reverend Chuck Blair. Welcome to our weekly podcast on New Church Live. So, great big good morning again, folks. It's wonderful to be able to share this service with you. And today's service is going to be fun, and you're going to see a lot of parts of it that are near and dear to New Church Live, which include involving a lot of different voices. You're going to get to hear from a lot of people, and and hopefully you're going to leave here inspired, you know, leave here feeling better about the world. I think so much, you know, our 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 thought behind this belonging series, again, is, is I hear over and over again how people sort of feel a little disquiet at a time like this. And I'm not talking, you know, this side or that side. I'm just talking a lot of people share this feeling of disquiet and unease. Mother Teresa, one of my favorite quotes. We will have peace when we remember we belong to each other. We will have peace when we remember we belong to each other. And that's what we celebrate over this series is, is looking at that belonging, and it's really trying to be that. We want to be what the world, say the I word there for me, please. We want to be what the world is invited to become. Not demanded, but invited. And, and it's, it's not, again, about kind of a, 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 the idea that we have anything special. In fact, it's the exact opposite. It's the idea that we're trying to join with many people who are trying to create this deeper sense of belonging and that the world is invited to become that. Because our lives are better when we have that sense of belonging. Folks, I guarantee this. All of you in here could have spent this morning on Facebook. I guarantee at the end of this hour, it will be more valuable for you to have been here than to have been on Facebook. You can check Facebook at 11.35. That, that's the world I'm talking about. I warmly invite you to become part of this church. Part of this belonging. Because it's what we're trying as best we can in ways very imperfectly to do. Joining with a lot of other groups, synagogues, mosques, temples, joining with a lot of other groups to do that. And you're always warmly invited. And you're also warmly invited to now win a ham. So with that, Marianne, you want to come on up and we will have the, we have the official picking here. So you want to pull out your ticket, folks. And we will see who the official ham winner is. All right, so I, because I, I, I'm going to let you pick it. I'm going to pick it. Yeah, you're going to pick it. All right, and then I'll read the number. I'm going to microphone. All right, so the number is 393. Now I stop there just so everybody's excited for a minute. 393-801. Give a round of applause. Excellent. Leo Paul, right there. Oh, Leo Paul. Leo Paul. Yeah. One of, our, one of our high school students who's speaking today, his mom will be cooking the ham, and he'll be, he'll be enjoying that with you. So thank you. So folks, here's, here's the, 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 whole, the whole point of today, the whole point of looking at today, the whole theme comes down to this, not ham, but to this. I'm going to have you say the, the they are. I'm going to have you say it really loud when we get to Get to it. Don't tell people what they should want. Tell them who they are. Tell them who they are. Now, that's so much, I think, what our life call is when we're working with each other. It's, it's not to tell people what they should want because people want so many different things. 
is to keep on telling them, reminding them who they actually are. And that works two ways, really importantly. It works both in this way of, yeah, my job is to tell people who they are, to tell them what I see. And I've learned this lesson through my life. I think back to the people who really told me who I was, who really made a difference. Wonderful people. My football coach, Dudley Davis, who's watching from down in the Carolinas today. Uh, General Ron Nelson, amazing lacrosse coach that I had in high school. And they, they were not only able to tell me who I was, but they were able to actually, in this miracle way, be able to say this, and you could be more. And you could be more. Like, that's part of the equation, too. It's that old thing, you know, God loves you just the way you are and loves you so much he doesn't want you to stay that way. That's what I think is so important with navigating these years, navigating these adolescent years, which can be so challenging so much of the time. Now, in terms of navigating, in terms of navigating these years, it's important to be able to look at the Bible and to say, okay, what, is, what does it have to show us about this? And this is where this theme pulls from, actually. There's a number of Bible stories where, where God literally talks to teenagers. And it's interesting what he says. This is a story of where he calls David, the famous David of David and Goliath fame. If you're not aware of that story, it's a story of, of where David, this small shepherd boy, takes on this big giant by the name of Goliath. But this is where God starts the conversation. Listen to this. But the Lord said to Samuel, Samuel was sent to go and find David. Do not consider his appearance or his height. The Lord does not look at things as people look at things. Man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Isn't that beautiful? So here's this part of God saying, look, this is what we need to do when we look and we remind people who actually they are. And the story goes on, Story goes on beautifully. And David actually takes, takes on this giant, this beautiful picture, takes on the giant. He, he can't wear a lot of armor. He can't, it's not even big enough to carry a sword or a spear. So he uses a little slingshot and fells the giant with a stone. An incredibly powerful story. God told a simple shepherd boy, you'll be king. It's not that the journey's easy from there on out. But that message changed his life. That message changed his life. And we're just coming off of the Christmas season, folks. Guess what other teenager got addressed by God? Mary. The angel went to Mary and said, look at this beautiful painting here. The angel went to Mary and said, greetings, you are who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Now, again, She's a poor peasant teenager. Probably historians think about 14 years old. And here God is saying, you are highly favored. Mary was troubled, wonder what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary. We've got a lot of first-time people here. Do not be afraid is the number one command in the Bible. Do not be afraid, Mary, if you have found favor with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son. You are to give him the name Jesus He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. Beautiful tie in there. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. Mary, a peasant girl, was told that she would give birth to Jesus, to a Messiah, to a Savior. 
Now, now it's interesting the way those two things work, right? Because so much of life doesn't look like this. This next slide, so much of life actually looks like this, you know, the reality of where we just, we feel so lonely, we feel so unsure, we feel so, so I just, just sort of torn up about do we fit in or don't we? We're going to talk a lot about that difference between fitting in and belonging. I think fitting in, that's where, and I'm going to come back to this a number of times, fitting in is where we believe we have to change to sort of work our way into that certain group. Belonging is something that is just endemic to who we are. It's not about changing who you are. It's about being who you are. I want to say that again. It's not about changing who you are. It's about being who you are. And that being who you are, that's being your best self. You know it by your best intentions. It points right to it. You know it by what breaks your heart. It points right to it. You know where you are called to do silly things and powerful things, things as powerful as prom dress drives, because it points right to it. And that's where, again, the fitting in versus belonging, we get to move away from our worry to God's call. I feel that way all the time as a pastor. I'll go into a situation, I'll go into a wedding reception or something, and my mind, my, my monkey mind will constantly say, well, you're not going to fit in here, you're not going to fit in, who you're blah, 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 and then feels very grateful there's a buffet where I can hang out. And then there's this other part. No, I've got to drop my worry. And I've got to embrace what God's call is. Because as I embrace that belonging, that is God constantly telling me who I am and who you are. Constantly telling me who I am and who you are. See, there's real belonging, right? When we both are really in that place, who I am, who you are, belonging happens in incredibly powerful ways. And we learn to simply walk with each other, to, 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 to be light to each other. When we come back after this beautiful middle song, I'm going to talk about some of the mechanics around that. And really what I'm going to do is I'm going to have the teens, who we have a teen panel, who will be sitting right over here when I come back. I'm going to let the teens allow you to hear from them about their journeys towards belonging. So as the band comes out, I want you to listen to this song. Think about that. Think about that difference between belonging. Thinking about that difference between fitting in. Think about what it can mean in our lives. And think about the power, folks, of when we're in a space, we're truly in a space where we know we belong. Few better feelings in the world than that. So please enjoy this next song. So it's great, it's great having these folks. And by the way, just, I, I'm so excited because I get to sit beside the guy who won the ham. How good, how good is that? Excellent, excellent, excellent. So I'm going to ask these folks, starting with Cody down here, you know, just allow them to pass around the mic, just introduce themselves. And we're going to go around just with some quick questions. And, and again, like the thought is, folks, just, just to listen and listen to these wonderful, listen to their wonderful hearts. And listen to what they're thinking. Listen to what their life experience has been. But first, we'll just start with a simple introduction. 
Hello everyone, my name is Jared Banks, but most of you in this room know me as Snacks. It's like the coolest nickname of all time. <laughs> my name is Leo Paul Wall, and I won the ham, so. <laughs> I'm Hope Odner. I'm Adele Allen. I'm Ava Klosterman. I'm Sam Van Zyverden. Right, Sam, nope, hold it there. All right, so, so Sam, you're going to start, and you're going to say, like, I want us just to think for a minute, all right? So I'll take a big breath together. And over your, your adolescent years, you know, your teen years, you know, what was the hardest year for you? We're going to go around and you can pick either a year or an event. And, and if you could just do one or two sentences, yeah, it was my freshman year because I broke my leg. I don't know, whatever it might be. All right? Yeah, I think for me that year was probably entering high school. You really don't know, like, how you're going to belong or who you're going to belong with. And it's just an intimidating time. I was definitely nervous. Um, for me, it was probably my junior year when I had to, like, deal with the fact that I wasn't perfect at everything that I did. <laughs> <laughs> Adults never have to worry about that. So, uh, For me, probably seventh grade. That was, uh, I didn't really try at anything, so it didn't go well. It was good. There were hard things in different years. I think freshman year was hard because I felt like it really mattered what grade everyone was in and like the surface things and I didn't really look at who people were and their insides. Spring of junior year in then into like the beginning of the fall of senior year, just there's so much happening and just everything is on your plate and you sort of lose sight of everything. Um, I would say for myself, Probably my sophomore year, because um, coming off a good freshman year at my other school, um, I went through a couple of tragic situations where I had friends and family pass away. So um, coming to the academy, it was, well, coming to the high school, it was kind of a blessing in disguise. But during that time, I went through kind of hardships, just trying to figure out where I belonged and not necessarily fitting in, but just figuring out where I stand. Um, for me, I would say eighth grade probably. It was just kind of hard because it was the end of middle school and everyone was getting ready to go to high school and I still hadn't like found where I fit in or where I belong. So that was hard. Nope. Hold on to the mic. All right. So one more big breath. Now, Cody, you get to start again. So, okay. so Cody, in terms of your high school years, we've talked about how God kind of like looks at us and reminds us who we are. Like this is who you actually are. Part of that is reminding us who we are, always reminding us with, with, I think, a big smile, like, and we can even do more. And I'm going to ask all of you this question. You know, who's somebody who you felt really saw you for who you actually were, and it made a huge difference for you in those teenage years? Could be a coach, could be a, a teacher, could be parent, could be, you know, your brothers or your sister. I don't know. All right? All right. Um... I think someone who probably saw me as who I was and, like, I felt like I didn't have to change to fit in was just the dorm staff at this school. And, like, Mr. Gruber and all the house masters and stuff helped me fit in because it didn't matter who you were because everyone belonged. You just had to be your own person. So, yeah. um, I would say for me, people, I would say three people. I would say two, two coaches, which are Mr. Randall Madison uh, Mr. Mark Brenfleck and probably my father. Um, they kind of set the stage for me. I would say transferring. Um, like I said, my sophomore year wasn't the best year, 
but they just told me to keep working and that my time will come soon. And here I am talking in front of all you, so. <laughs> Snacks. Mm -hmm. What was the biggest gift your dad gave you? Because he's here today. I want him to hear it. Yeah. Hi, Dad, wherever <laughs> you are. Um, but I would say the biggest gift that my dad gave me was being, well, actually, the biggest gift he gave me was the first day moving in, because I'm a, I'm a dorm student, he gave me a Bible, one of his old Bibles, and I just remember holding it in my hand, and I was like, why do, like, why did he give me the Bible? <laughs> um, and it was just like, to have it physically with me, it just means that God is with me at all times, um, and I know through that, I became a lot more faithful, I would say, um, reading the word, brushing up on it here and there, and just being a lot more spiritual. So Beautiful. Thank you. For me, it's probably, it was probably my mom, because mm. I've always had a really close connection with her, and she always tells me that as long as you do your best and put whatever you have into everything, you don't have to be the best, just be you, and that's good enough. That's really good. That's good. Um, I think my brother, he just somehow always thought I would be amazing before I even started. So, <laughs> Which which brother? Zachary. Zachary. Um, even if I didn't think I was great, he always did. And somehow that made me feel like whatever I did was okay. Um, a lot of my teachers, uh, for one, Miss Hodgel, she, <laughs> she saw this little speech that I wrote at like one in the morning and she really liked it and ended up choosing me for the oratorical um, my freshman year and it made me feel like I actually stood out more and not like just blended with all the other students. Um, for me it was my advisor um, Sarah Welkley. We connected like freshman year like the first day and ever since then we text each other, we call each other, we're really close and she's just a reminder that like, I failed my calculus test, and she was like, it doesn't matter, this won't matter, like, down the road anymore, it's one test, and just having, like, that constant reminder, she's always there for me. And Mr. Boyce, your calculus teacher, will be speaking in a minute, so he probably has a different opinion on that, <laughs> just, just saying, just saying. Yeah, for me, probably my group of closest friends, they're always there for me, they believe in me, they help me make the most of every single day and just live life to the fullest. Folks, do you just see the belonging there? Right? And can you notice how each of them had that person who just kind of reminded them that they belonged? And the power that was in their life. And we can all do it in ways we don't, we don't even understand. I had a, a, a fun one. Those of you who know me know I taught in public school for a long time. And, and this was just a few, a few months back and a, and a student who I'm not going to name his name because he might be watching online, but but, uh, you know, uh, he has to be a Facebook friend, et cetera, et cetera. And this student, actually, I was like, whoa, I don't know about this kid. I remember really struggling with this kid in high school. And then, and then about two months ago, I get a little, you know, when somebody writes your name in a Facebook post, which I still haven't figured out how to do that, but when they write your name in a Facebook post and it shows up in your Facebook feed, and, and it said, boy, I hope everybody has somebody who believes in them the way Chuck Blair believed in me. And I'm like... <laughs> Where did that? But I don't know what I said, but it, but it made a difference. Give me that sense of belonging. People gave these people a sense of belonging. That's what God is asking us to do. 
So please give them a warm round of applause, and then I'm going to scooch on over to stage right. Great job, guys. Great job. So now I want the opportunity, too, to hear from some faculty and parents. These are, these are people who oftentimes do both things, both and kind of folks. Just, just so that if you're a teen in here, I want you to hear how they see you. How they see you in your life. As they start filtering back in, I just want to talk to the panel, but to all the students out there and what I see is tremendous resiliency and the ability to adapt. And I want to remind them that they have so much power. And think about that little word, yet. My niece got really upset. She came in at the dinner table and was saying, you know, I'm just not getting math. I'm not getting math. And we reminded her, you don't come to school knowing everything. That's why school's here. So just remember, yeah, you may not get it yet, but you have so much power and you have so much resiliency. When I see you, I see world changers. Um, your ability to potentially positively influence this world is likely far greater than you could possibly know or believe. This one goes out to Ava and her calculus test. Uh, I, in all of you, I see courage. Um, sometimes it's in really obvious ways, like stepping into a spotlight or onto an athletic field. But more often, it's in the everyday, as you repeatedly show up to meet the small challenges because you trust where it's going to lead, and you re just show up day after day, and you meet those challenges because you know where it's going to pay off, and you trust that, and that takes courage. All right, Chuck, you're probably going to regret giving me a microphone. As I long could, as you don't sing, we're good. <laughs> yeah, that's not about to happen. Um, because I could just go on and on. Talk about belonging. I feel like I truly belong at the high school as a teacher because of how much I adore my students. It's going to make me choke up and cry. Um, they... Even this last week was really, really hard to come back after Christmas. Everybody was dragging. But, like, the minute they showed up, I think it was Hope. It's like, hey, Mrs. Odener, you're back. We're back. And I was like, this is why I'm here. This is why I'm here. Because they just make me so, so happy. And I just, I love them so much. And I feel for them. I've cried with them. I've cried for them. I think about them. I, I text them when I know that they're going through something. And I just, I just adore them. Um, back to what I see in them. So much about 
what I see in my students has very little to do with smarts and grades. They all know this. Like, their, their grade is the least thing that I'm concerned about <laughs> as a teacher, which may seem ironic. Um, but I, I care that they have a healthy, happy, well-rounded life. I want them to have time with their family and their friends, and I try to teach in a way that allows for that. And I try to reflect all that good that I see in them back to them to help build confidence in them and help to teach them to see the good in other people so that we can build up those around us. And I believe that it is, it's the subtle spiritual message that gets embedded in our actions that will make the biggest impact in a community. Thank you. Thank you. Beautiful. Thank you. Thank you guys. That was great. I'm going to head back over here. So those are some beautiful, beautiful thoughts and, and, and sentiments from people. And, and, you know, those are shared so much through, through you know, my experience teaching in, in three different schools. And it's, it just is a beautiful thing. And that idea of like, like this belonging and it's, and you can see folks like, that's how we navigate. Is it possible to avoid the storms of life? Yes or no? No. Is it possible to become a better sailor? Yes or no? Yes. That's the point. That's the point. And we can't do it alone. We have to see this sense of belonging. Again, here's Brene Brown's beautiful quote. Fitting in is about assessing a situation and becoming who you need to be to be accepted. Belonging. Could we say belonging? Belonging. Belonging on the other hand, does not require us to change who we are. It requires we be who we are. That is incredibly powerful, powerful thought there. And again, it works both ways. It's reminding us who we are, and that idea its always calling us just that little bit forward as well. I think this next slide speaks so much to, to the way I, I think life works. We want a plan. Instead, God gives us a purpose. On that journey, we see our biggest mistakes as disqualifying us. God sees those same mistakes as preparing us. God sees those same mistakes as preparing us. In that journey, let's keep first things recognizably first. That sense of belonging. That sense of belonging, folks, that we're actually willing to commit to. I mean, it's, it's interesting. I, I love this basic definition of the Christian message. It's long obedience in one direction. And, and that's so much what, what belonging thrives in. It, it thrives on when we, when we decide to commit, to make community and to commit to community and to commit to connection and to commit to belonging to showing up day in and day out as best we can, in some ways very small, in some ways very big, but this constant reminding us who we are and pulling us forward. A total little aside, because he's very much on my mind today, and, and I, we have a lot of first-time people. It's a quote I use all the time. One of the best coaching quotes I ever heard from somebody who was great at like reminding us who we were and telling us to be more uh, was a lacrosse coach. We won a game by like three goals. We should have won by a whole lot more. The coach comes into the locker room at the end of the game. I'm ready to get yelled at. 
And he goes like, gentlemen, it takes a really good team to play that poorly and still win. (laughs) That's a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful way to put it. Folks, what's the whole point of this? What are we to learn here? Well, here's from a new church perspective. Everything about the church looks to goodwill as its final goal. Everything about the church looks to goodwill as its final goal. Let's go out of here navigating this terrain, remembering belonging, remembering those little things that you can do that you probably didn't even know you were doing matter. Because they tell people they belong, that you see them. Let's keep doing those little things. And let's point it all towards good will. Wishing the very best, even when times are tough, to everyone in our lives and everyone we touch. Belonging. Belonging. Let's commit. And let us Live there. Amen. And now Reverend Barry Halderman is going to offer our closing prayer. Just yeah, we'll hang with you. Barry Barry was the quarterback of that football team when I when I played back in the day, just so they know Barry. Should I tell them that we never lost? No. Oh, okay. just, I won't do that. We're, we're going back to the uh, <laughs> spiritual message. There sorry. we go. Oh, your um, mic's on. So I'm, yeah, I'm, the mic's on. We were just talking. So I'm Barry Halterman. I'm the chaplain and religion department head at the Academy of the New Church, where, and I get to work with these wonderful people who you just saw up here, the, the faculty and the students, and it's a, it's a blessing to me. I mean, I, I feel like I'm doing exactly what I'm meant to be doing, and that's a great feeling and that I hope all of you can find in certain areas of your life. But uh, So I get to be involved in the spiritual programming over there and just trying to help us keep looking to the Lord and keep looking to each other and creating that community. So I invite you all to uh, bow your heads with me now and, uh, and in prayer. Lord Jesus Christ, we know that you are a God who loves people. You have created each one of us. You've given us all that breath of life. And because we are alive, we know that you wanted us to be alive. In fact, you want lots of people to be alive. Right now, there's something like seven and a half billion people on this planet. So clearly, you love people, you love variety, and you love growth. Each of us here is is put in this world to do something, something, to serve you, to be part of your kingdom. And ultimately, we get to be the ones who help to create that kingdom. You come into our lives, you inspire us with your love, you enlighten us with your wisdom, and you ask us to be part of your creation, to be part of the ones who help create that kingdom in this world. So we ask that you help us to be servants in that idea of belonging, to help others feel that belonging, that connection. If they're alive and they're breathing, they belong. They belong in your world, they belong to you, and we all belong to you that way. Help us to be agents for belonging to others. Help us to have that sense of community and bring people in. Because through that community, we find our sense of purpose. We have a role to play. We have people to play that role with. And in being involved in community and in purpose, we find ourselves. We find out why you created us and how we belong. So we ask that you can help all of us here be agents in your kingdom. 
bring that sense of belonging, that sense of community, that sense of purpose, and that sense of identity that comes, knowing that we are created by you, and we are created to create your kingdom right here, right now. Amen.
Thank you for listening. You can support this podcast at www.newchurchlive.tv.